Anyways, um, <clears throat> okay, I have to stop eating pistachios. <laughs> I wonder if something, I hope there's not some secret thing, like I hope these don't contain some sort of toxic thing where it's like, don't eat a whole bag of pistachios. Oh, the, it, like pistachios, the tuna of the land. <laughs> I had a right. I had a crazy old roommate one time who he was trying to get buff and lose weight so would literally only eat like tuna like straight out of the can for like days at a time and I was like isn't there something about like mercury with eating too much tuna he was like no because it, it's salt water mercury can't live in salt water <laughs> Co-host, host Johnny, and I am your anti-host Matt, the Christian Nardwar. <laughs> I just made a Pope anti-Pope joke. Nice. One of my friends, or it was maybe my brother, I can't remember who, but somebody was just like, "Man, I've been reading all about anti-popes lately." <laughs> I still, I still don't fully understand what the anti-popes were. That it was. Um, when two people were claiming to be pope at the same time, usually a lot during the um, uh, when the papacy was in France for a couple of centuries, that happened a lot. I see. So it, I so I one assumption that I've made in the past was that the that this was driven by like a doctrinal dispute. Is that true, or was it like a Oftentimes it was doctrinal, like when there was the the Arian controversy, then there were a lot of like doctrinal anti-popes. But then later on during like the Middle Ages, it was really just like a, the king of France wants his guy to be the pope, but the, this Italian lord wants his guy to be the pope. And then 20 years later, whoever wins the battle has been the real pope and the other one has been the anti-pope <laughs> yeah so you can be you can be host and i'll be anti-host <laughs> i'm your avignon host Ooh, yeah there you go i'm the yeah. uh um uh what's that super conservative like brand of catholicism that mel gibson's dad is where they still do the latin paul would know this Oh, it's whoever is whoever they just reject Vatican II. But yeah, I don't know the name. I'm that host. Hold on, I, I want to. I'm gonna look this up real fast. Um, you know what? I'm your transubstantiated host. I'm God. <laughs> oh, it doesn't say. I'm looking at at Mel Gibson's Wikipedia page. Oh, it's gonna bug me too. It got this is really good podcasting we're doing. Okay, I'm gonna I'm googling Catholics who reject Vatican II. I feel like two would be Roman numerals. It would have to be. 
Oh, sedevacantism? Yeah, that's one that's not the one I was thinking of, but traditionalist Catholic Catholicism. Oh, Lefebrism. That's what I was thinking of. I've never heard of any of this shit. What? You need to hang out with Paul more often. Maybe I can meet him on some of those uh, incel chat rooms. (laughs) It's funny because the Lefebvreist church is based off of like a super conservative bishop, but it is the same last name and spelling as Henri Lefebvre, the Marxist philosopher. So I always like to make that little joke inside my brain. <laughs> so uh, we're going to be talking about Norma Jean this episode, and we will not devolve into a lengthy excursus on popes or anti-popes <laughs> or sects of Catholicism who reject Vatican II. After that good like minute and a half of silence as we were both searching things on our phone, which I will not edit out. <laughs> yes. So why don't you why don't you start us off on Norma Jean? Um Metalcore is your thing. Yes. So uh I was a fan of Norma Jean's um first album that came out when I was in high school, uh Bless the Martyr and Kiss the Child. Uh Norma Jean is the uh evolution of the band Ludacris. L-U-T-I hyphen K-R-I-S-S, which I didn't know at the time. I just learned that today. I remember um, seeing Lutacris being listed in like the Solid State Records thing and just being like, that's a silly name. Is that, wait, that's not S-S-T, is it? No, uh, it's the, I'm I'm probably getting the, the label wrong. It's the the no, two right. things. I remember reading that today when I was looking up stuff about Norma Jean. That just I think SST was like solid state transistors or something. Yeah, uh, whatever it's called, it's like the hardcore wing of Tooth and Nail. <laughs> oh yeah, solid state records. Solid state records. An okay. imprint of Tooth and Nail records. <laughs> the hardcore wing of Tooth and Nail. That's literally what it is. Yeah. So what is Tooth and Nail like the pop punk? Yeah, and then uh, Tooth and Nail or Solid State signs hardcore punk and heavy metal bands. Hmm. What are you saying? MXPX isn't hardcore punk. I mean, we've all heard. Um, <laughs> uh, we've all heard uh, uh, teenage politics, so we know they're hardcore. <laughs> Also, also that one we did an episode on the Renaissance EP where they stopped doing pop punk and tried to start sounding like rancid. Oh yeah, was that the one that they put out on Fat Records? Yeah. I feel like wait, I feel like we need to address the no effects thing. Oh the the weird like uh, shooting thing. What? Yeah, just because it's a thing. Yeah. So. Uh... Hot take on this? Hot take. Fat Mike is an asshole. <laughs> yeah, that's my hot take, too. When this whole thing broke... Now, by the way, for anyone who doesn't know, I'm sure I'm sure everyone who listens to this podcast is not so much of a poser to have not heard about this. But in case there are any fucking posers who listen to this podcast, 
as a week or so back, but uh, NoFX was apparently playing it, I believe, as a festival in Las Vegas, and they made a they made a bunch of really bad jokes about um, the Las Vegas shooting of last year, and then I believe it was one of them. I think it's Fat Mike said, but uh, you know, like thank God only country fans get shot or got shot or something like this. And everyone was really, really shocked. Um, and I mean, like, I, to a certain extent, that's right, because that's a really shitty joke to make. That's yeah. an inexcusable joke, almost. Um, well, it's also just, like, <laughs> the, the stupidest... Of your politics like, on gun control. And it's just, like, such a... He's not funny, and he's just, like, always the making the laziest jokes ever, thinking he's hilarious. I don't know. I, I well, saw that with the about making. I feel like on this podcast we can't indict people for making lazy jokes. <laughs> That's true, but we don't make like edge lord jokes. That's true. Um, I mean, I, I when I saw that, I was as shocked as I was with like the Roseanne thing of like, oh, th- the guy who's been terrible for thirty years said did something terrible. Um, so. What I found interesting was not so much the outrage, because, like, no matter who makes the joke, that's not a joke that should be made. So, you know, like, the outrage is fine. But I think just think it's funny, the out, like, like you're, you're talking about a band that caters to 15-year-olds and yeah. refuses to make an album that sounds like something that someone older than 15 would conceivably like. I don't understand why anyone is shocked that they make a joke that a stupid fucking 15-year-old would make. Yeah, exactly. Oh, that and just what's, reminded what's even me. Funnier is they is no effects lost like a beer sponsorship or something like the most corporate rock thing or corporate rock sounding thing ever from uh, like a notoriously like shitty brewery too. Um, calling on, you out, Stone Brewery. Um, let me. I can find this quickly. Um. Oh, no, I can find it really fast because Miles posted about it. Yeah, because they had the the punk in Drublik beer. Yeah, I just want to read the description of the beer. It's super funny. So this is this is a this is how Stone Brewing. That's apparently the the brewing company. uh, This is how Stone Brewing describes the punk in Drublik beer. This is no light, corporate, tasteless beer for drinking on the beach. We're still stone, and punk is not dead yet. This is a hopped-up, bold, flavorful <laughs> lager that the, that the authority figures in your life are sure to hate. So crack one open and revel in this self-entitled beer. That sounds like something Target would write for, like, ripped jeans. Yeah, this, this entire... So I just want to say the controversy about this joke is is very real, and that's not what I want to really take issue with. The what I want to take issue with is the fact that people within the like the whatever the fuck the punk community, that's that's just really funny to me, um, because. But do you know of anyone that's defending, no effects? No, I've actually only seen it from people making fun of the Stone Brewery thing. <laughs> that's good because yeah. that's that's definitely my angle here is this is yeah. like a this is like ironing all the way down 
I, I, luckily enough, I don't think I am friends with anybody who would admit that they like are still considering themselves a no effects fan or like would stick up for no effects. This isn't like the first time, like the back in, uh, I don't know what album this is. I want to say it's heavy petting zoo, but I honestly, I forget. Um, uh, but they like they had a song that uh, went after Bikini Kill for being feminist, and it was like in the most we've talked about this before. Yeah, and it was most, just like, like in fedora, like <laughs> I mean, I, I believe know. the exact Fat Mike's exact lyric was like, "You can't change the world by hating men." Yeah, it the was most, like the most uh, like nectar. milk toast of yeah. Well, and then that was so great. Was then. Um, uh, I forget what band it was, but um, I think it was La Tigra. She did like a response album song, that, and it was a super good song that just like demolishes. Yeah, the song is really good. It's called Decepticon. Yeah, yeah. I really like La Tigra. I love the line in that where it's just like, linoleum floor, your lyrics are as dumb as a linoleum floor. <laughs> so, so the pod punk godcast encourages you know, all 10 of its listeners to revel in NoFX's, you know, shitstorm right now. Yeah. Because they definitely deserve to be in it. Also, if you know of, of anybody who feels the need to stick up for NoFX when they are adults, like, tell them to just take a long look in the mirror. <laughs> also, I want to start some craft beer controversy. Fuck you, Stone Brewing Company. They got like two or three years ago, they got like a $90 million like cash influx from an investor. And then mm -hmm. they immediately like fired 75 of their oldest employees because they were getting paid too much. Wow. Yeah. It's real shitty. Is any of their beer good? It's as good as any other craft beer. I mean, all craft, you know, it's got hops in it and all that. It's all, it all tastes the same. I mean, I so I agree. I don't really have like a refined palate for beer. I drink corporate beer. I think when I like, I drink a lot of Shiner Bock. I like that. I've uh, never gotten the craft brew thing, honestly. Like it does all taste the same to me. Yeah, I went through a phase when I was like twenty-two to twenty-five, and then I was just like, "This is stupid. This all tastes exactly the same." My favorite beer for the record is very basic. is Sierra Nevada Pale Ale. Ooh, that's good. My favorite, like, just general beer to drink is a Miller High Life. Because <laughs> the best time to drink a beer is when it's really hot outside, and that's the one that you want to, like, that type of beer is the type you want to drink when it's hot outside. Is it because it's really light? Yeah, and it's just, like, you know, you don't want, like, bitter hoppiness, like, going on. Oh, are you, I feel like you live in the wrong part of the country to drink anything when it's really hot outside. Because it's rarely hot outside. You, you have a, you crack open a Miller High Life three or four times a year. <laughs> hey, just because it's now in June and it's like 56 degrees outside. Really? It's, it's straight up still almost 90 here. Wow. We had a. It was down. like 70s and 80s all week, but it just really cooled down over the weekend. 
Wisconsin is getting really fucked up with global warming. Yeah. Well, I I would I would be fine with global warming if it made it cooler down here. <laughs> so anyways, we're talking about Norma Jean. <laughs> Johnny was a fan of Norma Jean back yeah. in the day. Yeah, I was a I was a fan of the first album and then I kind of lost track of them as I was like going into college. I didn't listen to as much like hardcore punk stuff anymore. So, um I was wanna... Let me put, let me play an excerpt from this album. Yes. Uh, so Johnny requested this. So I've never listened to Norma Jean before uh, this episode. Um, so this is Johnny's request. This is from their first album, Bless the Martyr and Kiss the Child. And it's you wanted to play Memphis Will Be Laid to Waste, right? Yeah, this is kind of like the, the hit single of that album. All right, here it is. <laughs> say before you before uh, i want to get my hot take on this song is it's the perfect song at the beginning to go (laughs) yes that's really funny because they sorry i'm there's a mosquito in here and it's really distracting me Uh, i think it's gone away but that's funny that you say that because um it, it says on the Wikipedia that uh, they were often compared to, th- as be- they're they're often said to be the Christian Limp Biscuit when they first started out. What were they doing, like a new metal thing? Um, like I kind after hearing that, I kind of heard it. Biscuit is pod. Ooh, that's very true. But yeah, what were they thinking? But um. I kind of heard it when we were listening to that after I read that, but I wouldn't have uh, made that uh, comment myself. Okay. but they, I, I don't know what they would be the Christian version of. Uh... I mean, I honestly, like, they're, like they, they went on uh, the OzFest with, a, you know, all of the, the new metal people from back in the day. They kind of maybe are the Christian disturbed. Yes. Personally, I think disturbed is better than Limp Biscuit. Oh yeah, definitely. <laughs> Except for the Limp Biscuit Mission Impossible Two song. <laughs> also, I'm just looking at the track list, and these are very, very standard metalcore track names. <laughs> I'm just going to start reading them. The world is counting on me, and they don't even know. Pretty soon, I don't know what, but something is going to happen. I used to hate cell phones, but now I hate car accidents. Oh, my God. I want to just do this real fast. I'm curious. 
That was the song I used to hate cell phones, but now I hate car accidents. Johnny, do you remember if this song has anything to do with either cell phones or car accidents? Because my guess would be no. I don't recall ever knowing a single word in a Norma Jean song or, or being able to <laughs> decipher them. I would also guess that it's like a follow it boy thing where the, uh, the song titles have absolutely nothing to do with the actual content of the song. Yeah, that's what I was sort of thinking. Um, so, oh shit, I had something to say, but I forgot it. Oh, oh yeah. So, so we should talk. So, so is Norma Jean? Does Norma Jean count itself as a Christian band? They or are they just Christians? No, they are very like strongly calling themselves a Christian band. I found this quote that I sent to you because it's super dorky. Oh, yeah, right, right. Okay, I'm pulling it up. Um, there's an interview on crosswalk.com. The one label, the one name or label they gladly accept is Christian. Davison talks about this purposeful openness saying, we don't hide our faith or who we are as Christians. We try to make it as big a part of our personal lives as much as we can. And that comes out in our music. We like to pray before we play and get together and read the Bible. Other Christian bands on tour will come and have Bible studies with us. We really enjoy that. Can you imagine them on OzFest tour and just being like, hey, guys. Approaching Ozzy. <laughs> Although, um... I think Jonathan Davis from Corn is famously like now a born again Christian and weird about it, so maybe they got him. He's the one who's behind the I am second. Behind the what? I am second. I don't know what that is. Oh man, okay. Sorry for talking over you, by the way. I'm having some internet connectivity issues. Oh, that's no problem. I, I know you're also passionate about Jonathan Davis from Corn. Uh, shit. So I am second is uh, an outreach thing. Johnny, you would remember their billboards. There just be there used to be these big billboards that said "I am second, and it would just be a it would just be a uh, a picture of someone. What was this guy's name from Corn? Jonathan Davis. Okay, I I'm speaking out of my ass. <laughs> Never mind. Forget this will be stricken from the records. <laughs> well. Anyways, back to Norma Jean. Um, so that song was had their original lead singer. God, I lost my spot here. Uh, their original lead singer, Josh Scogan, 
and then he left the band shortly after that, but will often return in concerts to sing for that song. Oh. Which was another so, thing. Oh, go go for it, Matt. I was going to say, it was another thing we wanted to talk about of they have just like massive turnover rate in this band and now have no original members in the band anymore, which seems really weird. That's actually, that's actually exactly what I was going to say anyways. Okay. Um, so even though, even with this high turnover rate, are they still considered a Christian band? That's a really good question. I wonder about that, of if they slowly weeded out all the Christians. Let me see. Not that it would really matter with metalcore anyways, because who knows what the sound, what the, like, it's not like you can understand the words or anything, right? Yeah. I think it would, yeah, more, more based on, like... From the... Sorry. Can I read from the Bearded Gentleman music yes. blog? I think that's what I was trying to find again. It was what you're going for now. This is from 2013. Um, so here's the question. A Bearded Gentleman asks, <laughs> Norma Jean was initially associated with Christian metal and it seems you have distanced yourself from that is that something that the band tries to convey through the music or are you just christian guys who are in a band there's a much better way he could have phrased that to the, to the bearded i think so too <laughs> norma jean or a part of jean responds to the bearded gentleman by saying quote we don't really even think about it really I think you'll find the message is still cornerstone to a lot of our songs, but all of those songs come from our own life experiences. After that is music. That's our only real connection with every one of our fans. We don't want to isolate anyone from that. So there you have it, folks. The exact same non-committal answer that every aging Christian punk band gives. I mean, there's probably good reason for that. Like at at a interview to read from in a second, but you know, at a certain point, like like I mean, I think we can all just probably admit it. Like Christian punk, at least, is, is fucking derivative by definition. Yeah. And they're um, a band that is like relatively successful, like mainstream wise. Like normal people have heard of them. Well, MXPX, probably. Yeah, yeah. Also, in that same... Reliant uh, K. The fuck, Reliant you K. You too? You too? <laughs> what, you too punk? You <laughs> too is probably, like, the most punk band in the world right now. So, can I read one more quote from an interview? Yeah, go for it. So this is a, an even more recent interview uh, from 2016. This is right after uh, they released their most recent album, which I'll in a moment. And this is from decibelmagazine.com. 
Oh, real quick, Matt, you're like went back to salt. You're really cutting out and kind of like robotic sounding. Uh oh. Um. Matt is going to fiddle with some wires. No, there's no wires to fiddle with. Oh. Um, is this better? Yeah, a little bit. I can. You want me to hang up and call you back? Yeah, let's try that. Hello. Testing, testing. It's about the same. It's not worse. No, okay. Can you understand me? Yeah. No, it's definitely... You're clear again. You're not, like, robotic anymore. Okay, that's good. Yeah. So this, this interview is from 2016. This is right after the last... Right after the... Christian metal thing you've been very closely tied to but it strikes me that that was once a big deal but cut to album four or five and it seemed like everyone was over it how much does it tie to your band these days and someone from Norma Jean says I think the history of it is cool because I remember when it first started happening I wasn't a Christian but I thought it was cool and that there was this new element to music, and I always saw it as, well, this is just another group of bands singing about what they believe in, just like every band does. I never really saw it as this separatist kind of thing, but I think what more or less has happened is that more integrated into the heavy music scene for the most part. Everyone got along, and the music still had this bond. Everyone started music the same, and that's the coolest thing to me. Yeah, I understand what they're saying. Anyways, I always say you can't have a belief. It's a sound. A sound can't have a belief. But I still think from a place where my faith comes into play. But really, I've always written about more personal experiences. Very I, interesting. I want to call bullshit on this. <laughs> That's like saying like any work of art. A book can't have a message because a page can't have a message. That's utter bullshit. That is, am I misunderstanding something here? I don't think so. No, like, That's and like, and there's definitely like a rhetoric behind like a sound of you know like a metal song has a different like argument to it than like a folk song inherently. Yeah, I mean, regardless of whether or not you understand the lyrics or what the song's about. Like, the song is about something, I would guess. I don't know. That just seems like a, a logical fallacy. I'll just come out and say it. <laughs> you, so should, anyway, you should write one of those, uh, like, a seventh grade English teacher corrects Donald Trump's, like, thing. You should write <laughs> uh, a college PhD takes apart... <laughs> Brock band Your interviews. Team. So I thought what I'd do is I, I, well, what we thought we would do is we illustrate sort of the stylistic changes. So 
I thought I'd play something from this last album called Polar Similar. And that's the, uh, the album is called Polar Similar. The, uh, the, uh, the song is called One Million Watts. So here's an excerpt from that. cards on the table i've only listened to the latest album and the very first album i haven't heard them on down the road but they've kind of just turned into like a generic-esque like hard rock band of i i'm sure you have this in texas but like the radio station in milwaukee that plays like hard rock is 1029 the hog and they play like disturbed and five finger death punch and it sounds like something that they would play on that station. Absolutely. You wouldn't even maybe wouldn't be surprised to hear that song on one of those stations. Ooh, you know what I just thought? And I'm obsessed yeah. with this now because like the genre of like hard rock is like the saddest thing in the world. And like um the most successful stuff now is when hard rock bands do covers of songs like disturbed did a cover of um simon and garfunkel's the sound of silence that like it sounds like <laughs> it's like an snl skit it's so bad but like people like it a lot and then um i sent you this a while ago matt but uh five finger death punch did a cover of um offspring gone away <laughs> so oh yeah that. Maybe Norma Jean will do a cover of a, a slow emotional song and it'll be the next big thing. Maybe they'll do a cover of like um, Stairway to Heaven. <laughs> Ooh, somebody else just did a, a cover in the same style of, I believe it was the Cranberries and it was really bad. Oh, I think who was it? Do you know? I couldn't see I couldn't, and I didn't. I didn't. Yeah, I didn't look it up, but let me just try to Google hard rock cover the cranberries. It might be bad wolves. Also, while we're talking about metalcore, 
did Norman ever release anything on the Ferret Records? Because I feel like every metalcore band, or almost every metalcore band I happen to know, but in the early 2000s was um, releasing albums on Ferret Records, and they all have like this very similar cover work, or yeah. cover art to them. That's a good question. It looks like most of their stuff in the early 2000s was out on Solid State. And then they signed, in 2009, they signed to the label Razor and Tie, which I've never heard of. And then they re-signed to Solid State. They're kind of like the metal version of MXPX. Like, they, they're they on Solid State to MXPX being on uh, Tooth and Nail. They try to leave for a little bit, but then they come crawling back. Also, we should, we should, this has nothing to do with Norma Jean, but Mike Herrera just posted a picture on Facebook where you get a pretty good glimpse of he has the cringeworthy black flag bars tattooed on his arm. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you said. If there is a, if there is a, a fast track to me not taking someone seriously, it's if they have the black flag bars tattooed on <laughs> Unless it's front of the neck. Like right over the <laughs> right over the Adam's apple. Also, uh, I don't know if you saw this, but uh, uh, my Carrera is apparently in Goldfinger now. Oh yeah, I've known about that for quite a while. Oh, I didn't know that. <laughs> That's really funny. We should, we should use this as an excuse to start reviewing Goldfinger albums. That would be fun. I haven't listened to Goldfinger in a long time, but I used to like them a lot. I, I've, I've only heard of them. I, I, what, they sound like a ska band. They're like, yeah, they're like a ska punk band. Oh, okay. Yeah. We should, we should do, uh, we should, speaking of that, we, we also, I wanted us to also start doing um, episodes on Fire Iron Frenzy because we've never done that. Ooh, yeah, we should definitely do that. We do Fire Iron Frenzy and Goldfinger. That's a glaring omission. What, what Fire Iron Frenzy? Yeah. I feel like I feel like they're the band that like they were just popular enough for non punk kids to like because I remember a lot of people at my Christian high school who were not like punk kids at all. They all liked Fire Iron Frenzy. Yeah. And I didn't even that was a band that I didn't even realize was like a Christian band. Because I never really listened to them, but like people who listened to them weren't like listening to Christian music people. Really? Hey, at least in my high school. Huh. Yeah, well, we, we should do that because that is, you're right about that. That is like a glaring omission. God, I'm just looking at their... I'm just looking at their album covers, and they're like the most ska album covers of all time. <laughs> the titles are like Beats and Beatdowns, Army with Album Cover. Okay, I just want to, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. There are ten former members 
of um, Norma Jean. Nine uh, just touring members of the band. How do you have that much turnover? Where was... Let me go to this bearded gentleman quote again. There's a great quote in about their turnover in this interview. Um, the question is, being that with there being so many lineup changes, what it is, a, is it about the current lineup that really embodies what it is that Norma Jean stands for? Was there ever any talk of renaming the band? They replied, to us, Norma Jean isn't really a band. We are more of a collective at this point. Even in the past, when we had guests like Chino Moreno of the Deftones or Paige Hamilton of Helmet, they didn't just come in and sing something on top of whatever we had written. We took them in as sixth members to write a song from scratch. We will most definitely work with past members on future recordings. They haven't left. They just needed to do other things in their lives. They have our blessing in those things. Hmm. That's interesting. Which I think is just them saying like, yeah, people keep quitting the band. I don't know, like, this is just a general question, Johnny, since we're doing an episode over this stuff. Do, what do you think of Metalcore? Do you still listen to it? Or do you have, like, a nostalgic connection to any of this? I have mostly a nostalgic connection of, like, to hardcore and metalcore music. Like, I... The only new or current, like, hard metalcore-esque bands that I listen to are um, Code Orange Kids. I think they're just code orange now that they aren't teenagers anymore. Um, I listen to them and there's a band Converge, which is basically like the, they've been around for like 30 years and are still putting out good stuff. Um, but yeah, I don't listen to like other newish stuff like this, but every once in a while I'll dip back into like, old hardcore stuff but it's mostly like nostalgia um i just asked because i never really got into this okay. scene i listened to i think i had like a six month period of my life where i really liked a static lullaby and from autumn to ashes and that's that sort of stuff right yeah yeah but i didn't really like ever keep up with it yeah it is one of those things where like I totally understand when people are like, oh, it sounds the same, and I didn't get into it. And, like, it does all sound the same. But, like, you know, it's as with, like, any punk thing. Have, like, you, have you been to any metalcore shows? Yeah, when I was in high school, that was, like, what our local, like, scene was. So I've actually been to a lot of Christian metalcore shows in, like, church basements and stuff. Any, any bands that are now famous? Um, no, I don't think so. There's that band Foreknown that we did an episode of. Like, they're obviously definitely not famous, but we did an episode on them. I went to a From Autumn to Ashes concert. Really? How was that? Oh, it was... I, I might have talked about this already, because Emery opened up for them. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> and then... Uh, I mostly remember that it was like 
negative 10 degrees outside, but me and my friend didn't want to bring coats. So we, uh, we took the bus there. So we were waiting on the like steam grate outside an apartment building, like just almost dying while waiting for the bus to come. Why didn't you want to bring coats? Because you're at a, a metalcore show. You got to mosh. Where are we going to put our coats when we're moshing? Man, I've never even been in a mosh pit. Oh, Matt. Oh, <laughs> this is a the true revelation of this episode. <laughs> I always avoid them. Well, I was my glasses always... get broken. Oh, that's true. Yeah, I, I never had glasses, so I didn't have to worry about that. Have you ever, like, hit somebody really hard in a mosh pit? No, I was always just, like, a very respectful mosher. Not, I wasn't one of those assholes. The only, the only shows I've gone to that have even had mosh pits are, I've been to the Melvins a few times. But I always, like, really avoid that part of the, the venue. I got punched in the stomach in a mosh pit at a Slipknot concert once. What? <laughs> yeah, it was last week. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I yeah, it was I was in college and we mostly just went as like a do you want to go to like see Slipknot? I think we got free tickets or something. And then I was skank dancing in the mud. <laughs> So that was fun. Is that yeah. why you got punched? I mean, it probably <laughs> had something to do with it. That's really funny. Yeah. Oh, I was telling Alice this story a couple of weeks ago. Um, I went when I had this was um, taking back Sunday was the headliner, and then um, my Chemical Romance was opening for them. Who uh, was oh and from autumn to ashes that was when i first heard of from autumn to ashes and i lost my shoe in the mosh pit because i was wearing like those black clunky emo shoes that everyone had in 2003 yeah and so like i i lost it like somebody just like stepped on the heel and i stepped out of it and then it was just gone so then the next day <laughs> i went to cole's wearing one shoe of the shoe that I had, and I just stole a second shoe. <laughs> Alice always loves when I tell her, like, stories of when I was just, like, a, a dirtbag teen. That's really funny. Yeah. I, I never really had... Sorry. That's right, everyone. My ringtone is Lady Gaga's telephone. Oh. oh, I wouldn't have even have heard that. Nobody, nobody, damn. I thought you could hear it because you were like, you were giving me a look and I was like, oh no, I've been outed. I have a Lady Gaga song. That's my ringtone. Oh no, I was just, uh, I heard like it a buzz and then you looked down and you had kind of almost a serious look on your face. So I was just like. I, uh, the, the only somewhat similar story I have is in um, 2000 or 2006 I think friend of the podcast Unicorn Trista and I went to a lightning bolt show in Austin where it was at this famous venue that is since either closed down or moved called Emo's 
and um, it was in like like a very small part of Emo's called the back room, and they like this is like packed way beyond like mm-hmm. like, like this was a definite fire hazard. Like yeah. you couldn't really move in there, and the and like the someone I think it was the band, but I I couldn't swear to that. But somebody was passing out just like all like like these um these these containers full of acid and so like absolutely everybody in that room was like out of their minds on acid oh wow Um, i didn't take any yeah but like just because i had to drive back to college station which is like an hour and a half away after the show but like it was weird just like being in a room with that many people on like psychedelic drugs was like it was basically like i was on acid too yeah have you noticed you know it's weird that like um lightning bolt is getting like really famous among like not punk listening people like over the last couple of years it is that. but they're really influential from yeah a, like a history of music perspective like uh like Catherine averill went to uh a lightning bolt show last year she was telling me or like a few months ago and like she does not listen to like punk music at all did she like it yeah she likes them a lot yeah lightning bolt's awesome yeah i um, know i've always been a fan too but yeah i think they're getting like really big like indie mainstream sort of following oh you cut out are you there yes i'm still here they're I getting can... really big oh they're getting a really big like mainstream indie following they haven't really sacrificed any of their sound either like their last album is really really good it's called uh i want to say fantasy empire and it's the first album they've done that was recorded in a regular recording studio um where they're actually using up to date they've kind of been I, I wouldn't use the word lo-fi to describe any of their recordings except maybe the first album, which is self-titled. But, but like they're they're like as close to lo-fi as you can get without being purposely lo-fi. Yeah. And the, this latest album they released on Thrill Jockey, um, which is a very well-respected indie label out of Chicago, and um, it was really good. Like, like yeah. it sounds better, but they really haven't like changed their sound up or like they haven't in my mind they're not any more accessible than they were in previous albums i really had no idea though that they were getting popular yeah i was really surprised that like yeah cat and like two other people just all independent of each other like were mentioning them and i was like what Yeah. yeah they were the 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 one show I saw was they were on tour for Hyper Magic Mountain, which I think was two thousand five or something. This this was this was a long time ago, uh-huh. and that show was just crazy. Um, I the only thing I think they've changed is that they're playing on stages now. Um, oh, when I saw them, what they used to do was they would refuse to play on stage, and they would literally set up all of their stuff in like the middle of the venue, That's and they would have those, you know, those. Um, I don't know how to describe it. There's big circular domed mirrors that you see in convenience stores that they hide cameras behind. Yeah, like the corner mirrors. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They, they they would have a bunch of those. So they would just set up in the middle of the floor and to make up for the fact that there was no stage, they had like three or four of those mirrors put up like a couple feet 
above them so that if you weren't literally in the first couple rows, you would just look at these mirrors and see them playing from like oh, a bird's wow. eye view. That's pretty cool. Yeah. But like the, the shows were insane, dude. Like I, I went like just the sheer fucking volume. Yeah. Like when I went to the, that one show they had, um, I, I bought like industrial strength earplugs and I still like had ringing ears for hours after the show. Yeah. Um, Anyways, I, all I know is that they're playing on they're playing on stages now, but their their last album is super good. Have you heard it? I listened to it a, like just vaguely a, a long time. I should listen to it again. I don't really remember anything of it. But yeah, yeah, they they came out of the same scene that like um, uh, the the they come from a a scene up in Providence that was sort of affiliated with a, um, a university called RIT and it's something Institute of Technology. I think maybe Rochester, I don't really remember. Um, but a lot of, a lot of really interesting bands came out of that scene. Like, um, pink and Brown was a part of that. And pink and Brown was one half of pink and Brown was John Dwyer. Who's now the OCs. Okay. Uh, Anyways, sorry, I'm just rambling now. Oh no, that's interesting. You mentioned something I know something about. <laughs> oh, real quick, also um, at that concert that I lost the shoe at, um, this <laughs> this was like six months before My Chemical Romance like really just like blew up, and they were the very first opener, and they got booed off the stage, and um, I after the the they played and got food off the stage i was going to the bathroom and i was peeing right next to the lead singer of my chemical romance and he was like fuming mad and just like like just being like oh i fucking hate this town or something like that is it in milwaukee yeah it was great that's really funny there's a i saw a really funny t-shirt online that says it was like the the hollywood sign it was H-O-L-L-Y, and then it said, Holly, when is my chemical romance getting back together? <laughs> that's really good. <laughs> yeah, that's a, um, this is weird Facebook page I follow. I think it's called um, Extremely Targeted Ads for Extremely Specific Lads. Oh, I've seen reposts, reposts of that every now and then. Now. Yeah, but they every now and again they have these really fucking funny T-shirts. That's a good one. All right, you wanna you wanna call this quits? Yeah, you let's do it. Go to a bike ride soon. <laughs> All right, overall, uh, Norma Jean, best <laughs> band in the world. Popes, anti-popes, <laughs> Lefebvreists. Yeah, it's been a great episode. Yes, Norma Jean. Oh. Come out with a, a a hard rock cover of an emotional song. Or a metalcore cover of like Lenny Kravitz. <laughs> I've got to get away. <laughs> oh shit, I forgot that was Lenny Kravitz. I was thinking it would be funny for a band to do like a cover of specifically Lenny Kravitz's cover of American Woman. <laughs> yes. Like a cover of a cover song. I find that idea really funny. <laughs> That'd be good. Um, 
Oh, by the way, do we do we still have an episode hanging in limbo? We do. I was thinking okay. I'll just uh, put them both out at the want. same time. I'm just wondering. Yeah, because I keep forgetting, so I'm just going to put them both out the, at the same time. So, upcoming, Five Iron Frenzy, Goldfinger. Goldfinger, not a Christian band, but we're doing it anyways because Mike Herrera is in it. Oh, apparently, wait, <clears throat> we should talk about this for just a minute because I think I have five or ten minutes. Um, apparently, Yuri is getting his first tattoo. Oh, yeah. We, we need to dedicate an episode to this because I have a very staunch theory about untattooed members in a pop punk band oh i see okay yeah that's a uh, i won't say any more on record but that's... does blink 182 have an untattooed member yeah mark hoppus he's not tattooed uh at least no visible tattoos wow you like that answer was really fast yeah no because i came up with this theory <laughs> Because of Blink-182, well, because of um, Boxcar Racer, because um, at the time, they all have tattoos, but everybody else had full sleeves, and Tom DeLonge had only one sleeve, so he was, like, the relatively untattooed person. Well, yeah, but he's not in Blink-182 anymore, right? No, he's not. Um, uh, Dude from Alkaline Trio took over for him. Oh, yeah! I remember that because I actually, I don't have a lot of nostalgic ties to pop punk, um, but I did really like Alkaline Trio when I was young and emotional. Ooh, I'll have to look at the tattoo status of Alkaline Trio. Yeah. Also, they weirdly reference U.S. Maple in one of their songs, I don't which know. is a band I really like. Oh. And they're just like some random ass in the, in the 90s. There was like a an attempt in Chicago to revive the no wave movement. And so like us maple was just this random, um, this random, uh, band. I'm going to play an excerpt from a song. Cause I think it's really funny to do that on this podcast. Okay. So this is, this is from us maples. Um, uh, second album, third album called talker. Was that U.S. Maple? Yeah. Oh, okay. But there's this there's this Alkaline Trio song when they were popular that like references U.S. Maple and talks about going to their shows and there's always this weird crossover moment which like like that sort of super weird almost like deconstruction music. Interesting. Anyway, I'm trying to find the the 
tattooed or untattooed members of Alkaline Trio, but they're all just such dorks, and they're always wearing like the long sleeve button up tie, like oh, thing. thing. So it's hard to tell. So we can talk about Alkaline Trio in the upcoming episode about Yuri's tattoo. Yes, it'll be uh, um, Yuri instigating the the episode about tattooed punk bands. <laughs> Uh, what about Reliant K? I bet none of them have tattoos. Ooh, that's a good question. Okay, wait, wait, okay. We're not going to do this now. Yeah. <laughs> I don't have any material for this episode. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to I'm I'm going to I'm going to poke holes in your theory. I'm going to do research. Okay. I'm going to come up with pop punk bands that break the mold. Okay. Yeah, that sounds good. We can we can just like look up tons and tons of pop punk bands see what their tattoos are i wonder if there's anybody in no effects without tattoos oh but they're not really pop punk yeah that's true do you think also i listened to that band you suggested idols yeah i knew exactly why you suggested them to me is it because the fucking album name is brutalism no but that's uh it looks like el jefe doesn't have to oh no he does never mind no i just really like that album and also, I like brutalist architecture. <laughs> like when I when I listened to the album, I was like, "Fucking brutalism!" Is this something like he figured out because he was like, "Oh my god," an album called Brutalism? <laughs> no, Brett just uh, um, somebody recommended that album to him, and he really liked it, so he recommended it to me, and I really liked it. I actually, after I sent, yeah, I'm gonna to... I'm gonna listen to it again sometime. I I um I don't really remember that much of it because I was doing. I was working on stuff while I was listening to it, but I did like it. Okay. I actually, after I sent it to you, I remembered that it had that title and I was a little embarrassed. <laughs> well, I definitely was like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> All right. So I have to go. Um, but you want to, you want to meet up later this week and do an episode on Yuri? Yeah, that would be good. Uh, I think, yeah, we're out of town over the weekend but i think during the week i don't have anything going on so okay yeah we can do you want to say thursday tentatively yeah that sounds good awesome all right all right see you in the pit in the pit